0: Welcome to At The Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca Transform our lives and to change us. God, we ask Holy Spirit that you'd put your finger on our hearts today and help us to grow and develop in you. And all of God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. So we're gonna have some fun this morning and partway through my sermon. Uh, we're going to do a Cahoots. Has anyone ever done a Cahoots? Okay, a couple of you have. We're going to try. We're going to try and see. Hopefully, it works technically. And it's where we all log in, and I'm going to. There's going to be questions, and you all can answer the questions from your smartphones. And we're going to. It's going to be kind of fun. So we're going to. We're going to attempt that in a little bit, and um, see how that works. And so I'm excited uh, about what God is doing in the church, not just this church, but. The church in North America, what God is beginning to do, what he's stirring. How many know there's revival on the horizon, right? The enemy has come in like a flood, but the spirit of the Lord is raising a standard, right? And so we need to be focused. Many times we have to focus on the good things that God is doing or we can get discouraged. How many know what I'm saying? All right. So I'm excited about what God is doing. But at the same time, uh, we're seeing a need to draw a line in the sand. How many know Joshua drew a line in the sand and he said to the people of, uh, to the Hebrews, he said, you have to choose this day who you will serve. Either the foreign gods, the gods of Baal and all the uh, Amorite gods, and that, or you're going to come and serve the living God. And he drew a line in the sand. And there's some areas in the church today I feel it's very important that we draw a line. How many of you know we need to draw a line and know where we stand on certain issues? And so there is teaching in the church today that is actually challenging the validity of Scripture. There's a lot of teaching, and I'm hearing it, and it's just like this buzz, and even online, all these this is talk about is the word of God really inspired and are these scripture maybe these scriptures are inspired for today and these scriptures are not inspired and these were written by man and oh these books were left out so maybe we don't have the full word of God. How many know this is stuff that's going on out there and um, some people are saying that the word of God is more about allegories and it's very subjective subjective in it in its interpretation and there's all of this talk that's going on to the point where many people don't even believe in the judgment of God they don't believe in hell anymore and they don't believe in the power of the holy spirit and how many know that this this word this this word that God has given us is powerful Amen. and i believe i'm a living miracle i came from a place of darkness i came from a place of drug addiction i came from a place of gross darkness, and God had delivered me out of that place through the Word of God. And many of you have the same testimony. You say, hey, I was once here, but now I'm here, and it's because of the Word of God that was in your mouth, and you confess the Word unto salvation. And so the enemy is very afraid of the Word of God, okay? The Bible tells us in the last days people will will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And the Bible says that they're going to heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, always wanting to come to the knowledge of the truth, but never able to come to the knowledge because it's self-centered. There's a gospel that's self-centered. It's all about you. It's all about what God can get for you. How many know that's an itching ear gospel? And Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you must take up your cross and follow me. And in this world, you're going to have much tribulation. You're going to have persecution, but have no fear, for I have overcome the world. And so God tells us that this world, this life is not going to be perfect, but we have to be a cross-centered people. Amen? When we get away from the cross and we get away from the truth of God's word, we go down some slippery slopes. Okay? When we move away from the word of God, we get into all kinds of messy doctrine. We get into all kinds of messy belief systems. Okay. We need to draw a line in the sand. Is the Bible the infallible authority of God for your life? Let's look at our first scripture today in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says some scripture No, sorry. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness. Okay? So the word of God was given to us. First of all, it's inspired by God. Say inspired by God. inspired by God. And it's profitable. And so God wants to prosper us, so he's given us his word. And if we, if we, if we believe the lie that the word of God, you know, we start believing that, well, I don't even know if this is the word anymore. You have nothing to profit you. Yeah, you're going to heaven, you're going to squeak by the pearly gates, but God wants to prosper you here on earth. He wants you to fulfill your destiny. He wants you to, have, he wants you to fulfill what he's called you to, to do. He wants you to have a prosperous marriage. He wants you to have prosperous children. He wants you to prosper. How many hear what I'm saying? And God's word is profitable for us. Here's the question. Why is the word of God under attack? Okay? Because here's the reality. It's our weapon against the enemy. Like we read, about, we read about the armor of God. How many know you, know, you got the, the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth, right? The helmet of salvation, the shoes shed for the gospel. We have all of the armor, but there's only one thing that is a, will attack the enemy, and that is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so the enemy can get people to not believe the word, they're actually not believing, they're putting their weapon down, and they're not fighting the good fight, right? So this is why the enemy does this. Now here, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, I want you to read it with me. For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Next verse, okay? And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give account, okay? So here's the thing. The word of God is living, and the word of God is powerful. It's living, and it's powerful. It's not just, it's not just a, a book that you read. It's not just words on a page. The Bible says the word of God is alive, And I don't know about you, back in the olden days, and some of you heard this in in your Connect group, uh, T.D. Jakes was talking about this. You take dough and you add yeast to it because yeast is living. And overnight you get up and what happens is the, the dough begins to rise. Right? And what was once small becomes great. And that's what the Word of God is. It's living and powerful. When it gets in the inside of you, okay, if your temperature is right, If you take a piece of dough out of the fridge or out of the freezer, throw it on the counter and try to rub yeast on it, guess what? It's not going to rise. The temperature has to be room temperature. Then you put the yeast in it and it begins to rise. When your heart gets right with God and you're in the temperature of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven, the word of God causes you to rise up. Do you hear what I'm saying? You'll begin to rise up. You're going to rise up and you're going to conquer your fears. You're going to conquer your struggles. You're going to conquer all kinds of things. Why? Because you rise up. Say, rise up. up. So God's word is living. Say it with me. God's word is living. And it's powerful. It's powerful. It's able to bring division between the soul and the spirit. Kind of like, you know, we see the sword coming and piercing in. To the deepest part of who we are, dividing between the thoughts of your heart, which is your subconscious mind, and, and, and also the thoughts of the mind, the soulless realm and the heart. It comes and divides. And I think of how a doctor uses that tool. It's called a, a scalpel. And he goes in and he removes a tumor. And as he removes the tumor, guess what? Uh, it, it, it's cutting off what could bring a bad situation in your life. And so God's word comes and it cuts out the things in our hearts and in our life that are buried deep inside so that we can have, uh, we can grow healthy. That's what it does. I remember I had this growth on, on my arm. It, it grew and grew and grew. It was called a, a polyp or something and it grew on my arm. And it grew to the size of a um, golf ball. It was right right down here. I didn't mind it because when I flexed, it looked like I had muscles on the bottom and the top, right? So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to hold on to it, right? But what happened was that then all of a sudden I, my, my arm started falling asleep. It started to go tingly all the time. And I was like, man, this is really, you know, am I having a heart attack? What's happening? My arm's going tingly. So I went to the hospital, and they checked it. I said, well, you got to remove this thing. So they said, we'll trade you the tumor for a scar. I said, okay, I'll take the scar. And so they, they went in quick surgery. They removed this golf ball thing. How many have ever had one of those things removed? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you. Uh, and it came out immediately, it released pressure, it was on a nerve. And suddenly my arm could flow and have the life it needed to have, but something needed to be removed. And in the same way, God's word comes in and it cuts, and it removes those things in our lives that are keeping us from growing in our faith. Amen? And so God's word comes just like a doctor would come and he comes gently and he removes those things in us that are keeping us from what God has, the destiny that he has for us, the holiness that he wants us to walk in. And the Bible says if there's any creatures hidden, demonic spirits or stuff that you're dealing with, God will deliver you. But it's his word that comes and deals with those things. Nothing can hide from the word of God. Amen. And so God wants to profit your health. God wants you to prof- profit with your kids. He wants, he wants your bank account to profit, right? Because he wants you to be able to fund the kingdom. He wants you to be able to, the Bible says, have an inheritance for your children's children. He wants you to be blessed, amen? He doesn't want us to, you know, let God be our money, but he wants us to use money to bless our God, amen? He wants, uh, he wants to profit your relationships. He wants to profit your eternity, eternal rewards. How many want eternal rewards? Anybody? Okay, God wants that. And so let's look at Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 to 11. Everybody okay? For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Okay? Okay. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing which I send it. There's a whole bunch of promises in here, and I just want to touch on a few of them here. Um, The writer is comparing the word of God as rain that comes to the earth. And he's saying what rain does is when it comes to it, it accomplishes four things. Say four things. The first thing it accomplishes is that it it refreshes. It brings refreshing to a drought. You don't have to as a believer live in a drought. You can, you can walk and you can be aware of the presence of God because his word if you stay in his word, his word becomes a it becomes a refreshing for your soul. How many hear what I'm saying? I know some people go to church and they're like, "Yeah, man, I don't know, man, the preacher, like he's dried up. I'm not getting anything from the sermons anymore." The worship's no good. I don't feel the presence of God. There's something wrong at this church. And you're like, what are you talking about, man? I can go sit in the Catholic Church and listen to someone ring a bell, and I just get in the presence of God. What are you talking about? Because the, word of, the presence of God isn't determined on the atmospheres created for you. It's, it's, it's determined on your ability to get in the Word and know His presence. Amen? And so God wants to, with His Word, He wants to bring refreshing. Say, refreshing. Number two... The water comes to produce fruit, to bring forth the buds, to produce fruit in your life. Say, produce fruit. And the third thing the the rain comes to do is to provide seed for the sower. And so we need to be scattering seed. So God's word here is given to us, right? And we take the word and we scatter the seed out there. And when we scatter out, the Bible says it's going to go forth and it's going to bring forth fruit, right? So many times we, we worry about, like, how do I share my faith? How do I share my testimony? What do I say to people if they have questions? And you know what? You don't have to worry about those things. Just scatter seed. Scatter seed. You know, the Bible says in Matthew that a farmer doesn't even know how the seed works. He just puts it in the ground, and overnight it does its thing, and it grows. And if we would learn to just scatter, just Declare the word of God. Tell people what God... Go up to people and say, you know what? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for your life. And they might not be saved, but that seed will go in there and they'll be like, yeah, maybe he has a plan for my life. And that thing's alive. And when the temperature of their heart is right, it's going to begin to produce fruit. How many hear what I'm saying? When you see your children behaving a certain way and you just feel that rotten good for nothing kid, don't say that rotten good for nothing kid. Say, you know what? You're fearfully... A wonderfully made and God has a plan for your life, and He has a purpose for you, and I believe in you, and you begin to declare God's word because that seed will produce fruit in their life. Does that make sense? So God wants us to have seed to sow. And the fourth thing is, the word of God is spiritual food. The Bible says, that "To bring bread to the eater, so there's spiritual food that causes growth, okay? So what I want to focus on here for a few minutes is, is the idea of sowing seed, okay? God's word is two-edged. Say two-edged. So it comes, a two-edged sword comes this way, and then you can bring it back this way and you can get another blow, right? And it, it's two-edged. And so what I believe this means here, okay, is that um, God's word is to go forth. So God spoke to people, they wrote it in this book, right? And when we open it up and we declare this word or read this word, what happens is we're, you know, we're releasing God's word. It's two-edged. It comes to us, and then we release it, and it, can bring it, it brings power to others. How many hear what I'm saying? So God's word is two-edged. Now, Second 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says this. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation... Okay, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so God's word was spoken and sealed in this book. And when we open the book, not only to read it, but to declare it, we, we, we are broadcasting the living and powerful word of God. We're casting seed out there that is living and powerful, and it will accomplish what it's sent forth to accomplish. How many hear what I'm saying? So we need to be declaring God's word. We need to be standing on God's word. You know, you guys. Some of us, we just have to get some scriptures out about the promises of God and begin to declare them over our lives. Begin to declare them over our children's. Why? Because the, there's power in a seed, and God wants us to cast His word. Amen. Amen. You know, um, words have power, and what's happening now. Is uh, there's a doctor Masuru Emoto, Emoto, and he's he's been doing some research, and uh, science is beginning to recognize that there's energy released behind words, uh, because words are only the expression of thoughts and feelings. And what happens? Are realizing now uh, through epigenetics and quantum physics is a whole new development of science that water itself is actually like a computer. And they're they're observing this under uh, microscopes. That if you have a bottle of water on the counter and you you come into an argument and you're having sh- uh, strife, and arg- it changes the molecular structure of the water. It's taking memory code of what's happening. If you turn the lights off at night, the molecular structure of the water changes. This is scientific. Okay, um, and and, and all through quantum physics and epigenetics are realizing. Uh, what's happening here. The actual molecular structure changes. So this one doctor, what he's done now is uh, they've taken words and they speak them over these water and then they they flash freeze it and it takes on images. Has anyone seen this? Okay. Um, So we're going to show, we're going to just show a quick video and uh, I want you guys to see. It's pretty cool what's what's happening here. Um, so, so, the Bible tells us that words are spirit and life. It told us that thousands of years ago. And in Proverbs chapter 18, uh, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. So, if you speak life, you're going to produce good fruit. If you speak death, you're going to produce negative fruit in people's lives, right? And the Bible told us this 2,000 years ago. So So see this here. If thoughts can do that to water, imagine what our thoughts can do to us. And up to 60% of our body is water. And so this is the whole idea. Epigenics is realizing now that water, they're trying to figure out what's happening because it actually responds to it's really a neat a neat thing. Anyway, if anyone wants the links, I'll send you the links to the study, but just thought it was pretty interesting. So, but the Bible said, told us this, it said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit. And Jesus tells us that words are so powerful, so powerful. Look what he says in Proverbs 18, 21. uh, The next verse, sorry, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, he says, And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. In other words, any word that's idle, it's not going anywhere. It's not productive. Because our words have power to direct. Our words have authority. How many see that? And God tells us, in fact, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he's speaking, God is speaking to Joshua. He says, The book of the law shall not depart from your eyes. Is that what it says? It shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night and you that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, say for then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so I believe in the same way as... God is saying to Joshua, in order to have victory and do well, you need to speak the Word of God. I think in the same way, we need to begin to declare the promises of God over our lives. Amen? It's not enough just to read the Bible. We need to declare it because it has power. And if our thoughts and words can crystallize and change the molecular structure of water, how much more can the living, powerful Word of God go forth and bring transformation? Like, it's really, really cool. And so... um, when we declare the word, it moves into action, and so we need to begin to declare the word of God. Um, I also believe that we're living in the day prophetically spoken of in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 and 11, and it says this, the coming of the lawless one is a, in according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, all right? So the enemy is, is uh, we're going to begin to see a lot of signs and wonders and miracles because we're moving into the very last days. And it's not going to come from the Spirit of God. How many know what I'm saying? This it, 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 is happening. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because, why? They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Next verse. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they would believe a lie. And I want to look at this word, delusion. If people don't love the word of God and they want to change it because it's not popular, guess what? It's not going to benefit you, right? Cultures change. Things are different today than they were before. I understand that. But God's word is truth. And the Bible says, and for this reason, because they don't love the truth, God will send them strong delusion. I looked up that word delusion, and here's what it means. It means straying from orthodoxy or piety. The word orthodoxy actually means correct or accepted creeds, especially in religion. Why don't you say that with me? Correct and accepted creeds. And so the Bible's saying the strong delusion is people are going to pull away from the creeds of their forefathers. They're going to pull away and they're going to go on a different course. And I want today, I want you to stand. We're going to do the Apostles' Creed. Can you bring it up? This was something that was first century believed. And let's stand and let's read it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The word Catholic means universal. It's not the Roman Catholic Church. So the universal church. You may be seated. Okay. So th- this, this is what we would call an orthodoxy or a corrected, accepted creed from the first century. And the delusion is that people are going to pull away from what was foundational and think, well, you know what, you know, we have different knowledge than they had and, we have, and I just think that this just doesn't make sense to me and I believe that there isn't any hell and I, I just believe that God wouldn't judge people uh, based on you know, my reality and what we do is we pull away from the foundation of the Word of God. Amen. And then we wonder why we don't prosper. Amen? Say so we need to stay with accepted creeds. Okay? God is good. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. How many know we're living in that time? They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like this. So the power of the cross is the power of God. The power of the word is the spoken word is the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But the thing I want you to take away from this more than anything is that if we remember that His the purpose of his word is, number one, I want you to say to refresh. Number two, to produce fruit. Say produce fruit. To give you seed to sow. And nourishment. And we have to remember not just to read the word, but to speak the word. Because it has power to transform our situations, amen. You know, I, and it really blesses me because Paul the apostle. If you read through the, the God, you read through the uh, Pauline epistles, you, you begin to see that he's constantly saying, "Give thanks in everything. Be, have gratitude in everything. In all your prayer and supplication, remember to do it with a heart of thanksgiving." Because when we have gratitude and we're thankful to God, we're declaring the goodness of God, we're keeping things positive, and we're bringing life to others. And so, again, just a challenge for all of us to, to remember, the more we're in the Word, not just to read it, but to declare it, uh, the more prosperous we're going to be on this side of eternity. Amen? Why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray. David, if you could grab the keys, that'd be great. I'm just going to pray. Father, we come before you. Father, today... We thank you, Lord, um, for your word. And we thank you, God, that we're a people who want to return. Um, to the faith of our forefathers. We want to come back to a place where we prioritize your word, that we, we just believe it because it's truth and it's transformed us. And we have no reason not to believe your word, God. And I thank you, God, that you would speak to our hearts, God. I pray, Lord, that as we open the word of God this week and as we read the word of God this week, God, that you'll just bring fresh manna, God. Fresh, you'd just bring a freshness Of refreshing, Lord, that you'd begin to produce more fruit in our lives, God. And Father, that you'd give us a word of encouragement to seed into other people's lives, God, so that it can begin to grow and bring forth a harvest, God. Well, we don't know, Lord, when we speak your word, how it's affecting other people, God. Just saying a thing. I talked to a lady on the street who's now part of this church, God, and I just said to her, You know what? You're loved by Jesus. He loves you so much. And she came into the church and she got saved because we're sowing seeds, God. And I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. Nourishment. So I pray fresh nourishment with every person. Lord, give us a hunger for your word again. Help us to stay true to the faith of our forefathers, God, in Jesus' name. And not to just buy everything that's being thrown out there as if it's gospel. Most of what's being taught people haven't laid their life down for. Like our forefathers who laid down their lives even to the death to protect this word. And we thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name. If there's anybody in this place right now, you don't know Jesus as, the Lord your, as your Lord and Savior. You've never accepted Jesus. I want you to know that he loves you. He wants to save you today. He wants to transform your life. And if you're in this place and you haven't given your heart to Christ, you haven't repented for your sins, the Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of his glory and his holiness. And if that's you in this place and you want me to pray with you, just lift your hands. I want to pray with you. Just lift your hand up right now. I'm going to just take a moment. Everybody here knows the Lord. It's wonderful. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you, God, as we go this week, that your blessing and your prosperity will be upon us, God. In Jesus' precious name and all God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen and Amen. So if you're in this place and you need prayer for anything, our prayer team will be up here and they'll, they'll take some time to pray with you. God bless you and have a great week. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at at atthecrossroads.ca